I'm Ebony K. Williams, attorney and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the latest legal headlines that everybody's already talking about. But we dig deep into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down, going straight from gavel to your newsfeed. And every week, we keep it 100. Right, Dustin? That's right, E. Let's hold court. Hey, jurors. So listen up. This week, we're throwing it back to some of the very best conversations that we've had about one of my favorite topics, Black ownership. Now, listen, we know that it's no secret that one of the strongest keys to developing wealth in this country is outright ownership of real estate, land, and property. So today we've got some good clips for you. Listen, we're going back to Biggie's daughter. Remember her putting her house up for her boyfriend's bail? Mm -hmm. Also, everything you need to know about Bank of America's home ownership program for black and brown folk. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Bank of America. So they they have heard the call that black folks are tired of this wealth gap. Let's start with that. We're tired of the wealth gap. We're tired of only having ten dollars to every hundred the white man has. And we want folks to do something about it. And y'all said y'all was going to do some shit after y'all killed the brother Floyd. Hmm. Um, And so this is part of that. I mean, let's just connect the dots. That's what it is. Absolutely. We weren't hearing about none of this shit Mm -hmm. before the murder of George Floyd. And Mm -hmm. so finally, unfortunately, because of his tragic murder, um, folks are coming out with initiatives to uh, rectify, attempt to rectify the positioning of black folk in America. Mm-hmm. And I want to frame that as a positive, actually, as a positive thing to come out of a deep tragedy. So sure. here comes Bank of America. And, you know, I ain't got to tell none of y'all when you Google Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all these big financial institutions, go on and, and read your books, know your documents. Uh, go on. This goes back in America to the Freedmen's Bureau. Mm. Okay. Black folk and money in this nation has always been... Um, Ripe with shenanigans, foolishness, and bullshit. For sure. Okay, there, it, it, we might have been emancipated on paper, but we know, Dustin, that real emancipation, real liberation comes through economic empowerment. Okay, mm. so Bank of America, um, like all these institutions, have been accused and had to settle millions and millions of claims in discrimination, in denying uh, home loans, refinances, sure. foreclosures, all this shit. So here they go trying to turn a new leaf. Mm. So Bank of America has announced recently, D, that they're going to do a new program. Um, they are calling it the Community Affordable Loan Solution Program. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is touting 0% down payment, which for many folks uh, trying to buy a home, that is the premier obstacle. Mm-hmm. Because typically uh, you have to put 5, 10, 15. I know 25. I had to put 20. Uh, listen, yep. I've seen 25% cash dollars down yep. for your mortgage. This program, Dustin, says $0 down, zero closing costs, because they'll hit you over the mm-hmm. head, too. Go Anybody that's done this or attempted to know you got to put an extra 3 to 5% on mm-hmm. top of the down payment mm-hmm. aside just for closing costs. Okay? This program re- requires zero closing costs. Um, and they're not having a minimum credit score, which wow. is... A game changer. Yep. We saw with um, the last episode, a good sister in, in the Bishop Church had some cash. She had $90,000, Dustin. Her obstacle was the credit. Was the score. credit. Yeah. So this is Bank of America D saying we're taking these predominant challenges and barriers to home ownership for black and brown folks. And we're taking them off the table in certain areas. So this is where we're going to lean in. This program, y'all, right now, it's a pilot program. They're testing it out. They're going to see how it's going to do. In Charlotte, my hometown, also where Bank of America is based mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh charlotte north carolina dallas texas your hometown detroit yes. michigan 
Uh, well, do you feel a way when I say Detroit versus Flint? No, because it's okay. all the same. It's, it's okay. not the same, but it is okay. essentially like, and everybody know I rep Flint, so we good. Right. And I lived in Detroit. Shit. Yeah. No, I know. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah, claim so. it all. Damn it! Because he didn't pay for it all. <laughs> That's <Okay>. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Detroit, L.A., and Miami. Yes. Okay, so couple things about who's eligible for this, Dustin. You got to be based in one of those uh, cities that we mm-hmm. just outlined. Uh, you have to have a certain income requirement. They're not disclosing at this point in time what that looks like. And again, the home you're buying. So not where you currently live, but the home that you're you buying mm-hmm. has to be in a particular black or brown community. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that. Okay. Again, no minimum, no minimum credit score. And this is big. No um, mortgage insurance is required because normally um, when you have 20 percent or uh, less that you've mm-hmm. paid down, you got to do a PMI, which mm-hmm. is a mortgage insurance, which is this is another fucking bill. Another cost. Yeah, yeah, another cost. So they're trying to eradicate those costs. Now, according to CNBC, uh, applicants for this particular a community affordable loan solution don't have to be black or Hispanic or Latino to qualify for the loans. Y'all don't ask me what that means because um, we got to go into the fine print because if the loan is being touted around those communities, how you wouldn't have to be one of those identities to qualify is baffling to say the least. Right. Like, so what? we'll have to get into the T on that a little further down the road. But here's the thing. These loans, even though they don't require the things we talked about, no down payment, no closing costs, no uh, mortgage insurance, and apparently no credit score, they still will require you to go through what is called a rigorous underwriting process. Mm. Now, I can barely say the word underwriting, Dustin. Yes, you got PTSD, I'm sure. Because you already know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those of you who will see her face at this mm. point. <laughs> Baby, let me. Yes. I need comfort. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, because that underwriting about took your girl out. And yeah. you know, because we were in communication yeah. during yeah. it. And it was, I was in, essentially, y'all, I was in underwriting for a year and a half on my condo. And, um, you know, God is good all the time. I'm happy to finally, at my big age, have one asset that I'm working towards. You know, no shape. I'm just being honest, yeah. Dustin, you know. Um, but it almost didn't happen. And it was all because the underwriting process was so hellacious. Mm-hmm. It was really a form of financial hazing. Mm-hmm. Let's be very mm-hmm. fucking clear. Mm-hmm. Every time I send y'all a piece of paper, y'all gonna send me 15 more things you need back we almost done we almost done for six fucking months Mm -hmm. anyway we'll get to that and what underwriting is underwriting is basically a process in which the financial institution you're getting your mortgage from normally a bank but sometimes a mortgage lender is basically scrutinizing the shit out of you and your financial stability to see whether or not they want to give you the loan that's what underwriting is now again historically an underwriting process Wants to see yes your income so that's your tax return or your if if you if you grown enough your pay stub mm-hmm, mm-hmm, your pay stubs you that's remember, right you remember a pay stub yeah you need two pay stubs you need pay stubs yeah. you need, <laughs> let me see them pay stubs mm-hmm. some fuck oh, let me let me just be quiet because you already know what I'm about to say <laughs> tell you a street corner let's right say, now you can get what you need get get get, get everything you get, need a college get, get degree what you, need. what you need what kind of paperwork you need okay anyway they're saying we don't need none of that we're instead looking at your propensity to pay your rent on time because they're mm-hmm. recognizing that you guys 
are not homeowners yet. You're renting, and your rental history should count. Mm-hmm. And I applaud that because I, right I'm not now, mad at that. right, right now, your rental history, you might be paying on time like a motherfucker. It's not helping your FICO score. Yeah. So that's not reflective of your propensity to be timely in your financial obligations, which is what an underwriting process should be assessing. Yeah. So good for them. Good. So they're looking at rent payments on time. They're looking at utilities mm-hmm. on time. So get them out your, your baby and, and your cousin yep. name and go and put them in your name so it counts. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 shade, but that's that's real. Um, phone, same thing. And obviously now cell phone providers. Let me tell you how bad my credit used to be. Mm-hmm. My credit and not all of that long ago. You heard you saw that first episode of Roni. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> you know, God yeah. just God just delivered it. Yeah. Recently. Amen. In the past five or so years. My credit used to be so bad, Dustin, that I couldn't even get a regular phone plan. Mm-hmm. I had to get a um prepaid. That's it. Yep. No, well, I graduated from prepaid, but it was something else. Where, oh, I had to give them a deposit. A deposit. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember yeah. this? Yep. I had to yep. get, or maybe you do somebody. But yes, I used to have to give Sprint yep. like wow. four or $500 for them to even turn my phone on. Yep. But God and paid it all. That he paid Amen. it all. And go. look at you now. Ain't he good? Yeah. Okay. So they're going to look at phone payment history. Um, and then they're going to look at auto insurance payments history, which is great for everybody unless you live in a metro where you don't drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are going to be some of the things that they're looking at in the underwriting process for this uh, Bank of America loan process. They are also going to require you, which I think is also good, to go through uh, financial counseling. So you know what the fuck you're getting yourself into. Very the more important. information, the better. Absolutely. Um, and that's going to be in conjunction with Bank of America and HUD, uh, which is Housing and Urban Development. Shout out to the good Delta woman, Marsha Fudge. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's a strong black woman. Here's the deal about all of this home um, m- owner data. I just want, to, uh, I'm going to see how, d- stop reading, Dustin. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a pop quiz. Okay. I want, <laughs> pop quiz. <laughs> Dr. Williams, pop mm-hmm. quiz. Okay. Right now, black home ownership rates are 43.4% for black Americans. This is according to research in 2020. So that's what we have right now, about 43.4%. I want you to tell me, did black people own more homes in tw- today or in 1980? Damn, you took too long. Okay, so the answer is... 1980? Yeah. I was going to say that because, of, well, speaking as somebody who is from Michigan, mm-hmm. I was thinking about the, the prevalence uh, of the auto, auto industry, mm-hmm. how everybody was working those jobs, making and all Motown. that money. Yeah, no, all just... that. Right. Okay. <laughs> 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 That's a whole nother financial cover. Like, right. But okay. there were people who were working actively in the auto industry. My parents, my Absolutely. father was a, um, a skilled tradesman. And, making and a make, good check. Working, so and yep. he owned a home. Him and my mom owned our home when we grew up. So like, yep. you know, I saw that. So I would think back in the eighties, actually. And and you would be correct. Okay. Um. And I, I was having this conversation with a white colleague um a little bit ago, maybe right pre pandemic, and they were telling me to my face about how much better off black people are today than they were. In I said, well, by what metric? Now, That's I'm what not, I want to know. Right. And I'm again, I'm not undermining progress that has been made in certain spaces of black community and experience. But when we're talking about the financials, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Black home ownership in America, Dustin, has never, I repeat, never, not one day been over 50 percent, not even in the peak of the hustling era. Remember about 2003, 4, 5, yep. 6, and 7 when everybody yep. named Mama open say, you get a home, yep. you get a home, you get a yep. home. Everybody was getting these predatory ass yep. homes they couldn't even afford. Even then, 
black people never got to over 50% of home ownership. So this is a big deal. And the reason for those of them that are listening, like why this big deal about home ownership? I'm going to tell you, y'all, it's like this. When you talk about wealth building, you talk about asset accumulation. You're talking about something tangible that is going to appreciate in value over time yes. versus depreciate in value over time. If you open the Kelly Blue Book, you know any car or vehicle you buy is only going going to do go down in value mm-hmm. the second you drive it off the lot. I'm not saying don't get a nice ride. I'm saying it's not an appreciable asset. Mm-hmm. Versus real estate is an generally speaking an appreciable asset depending on, let's go ahead and get into it, where you buy it. The home ain't worth shit. Somebody taught me this this when I was kind of really starting to educate myself on real estate, Dustin, mm-hmm. the house don't get too caught up in the house. It's the land mm-hmm. that is the value, mm-hmm. the land that the home is on. That's why you hear people say location, location, location. So to that point, I'm a little bit skeptical around the, and again, still am in favor of this program. What I love about this program is if nothing else, Dustin, Bank of America doing this pilot program for black uh, incentivizing black and brown home ownership is going to force the hand of other financial institutions, mm-hmm. other banks to compete with it. Absolutely. Which right? is good. Which yeah. is great. So go remember I told yes. you, Dustin, that this program is only going to be for people that purchase in these black and brown neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, we live in a black, uh, I was going to say blackish neighborhood. We live in Harlem. (laughs) It's blackish now. Uh, I love a black neighborhood. I love a brown neighborhood. The challenge is that we talking about business, though. Mm -hmm. And with the business of it all, it is indisputable that property values in black communities, brown communities are lower less valuable. They're literally less valuable, like the homes and, and, and properties in those communities are evaluated they are appraised at less money than the same houses that's why i say the house is irrelevant it's the land it's on uh, and this is not rocket science where this is coming from dustin it's really as simple as the fact that black blackness in america is unvalued period it's to undervalued it simply, to put it simply yeah. This nation does not value black things, black people or black communities. And because that's the case, you could have the same exact house, but it's in a white neighborhood. It will literally be appraised at more. If you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Listen to this. 2018 researchers from Gallup and the Brookings Institute published a report saying this, that the widespread devaluation Mm -hmm. of, I'll say it again, devaluation of black owned property in the U.S. from which they had discussed this from a White House subcommittee hearing, okay, found this. The report found that a majority of black neighborhoods is likely to be valued at 23 percent. Jesus Christ. That's almost a quarter. Yeah. 23% less than the identical home in a white neighborhood. Unreal, but real. But real. (laughs) It's determined that what does this gap in valuation cost us? What's what's, what's the real tangible around that? Oh, black homeowners having $156 billion with a B. Less than wealth. So there it is. That's it plain. If, If that felt like a lot, just run this shit back a little bit for about 45 seconds and re-listen to what I just told you. What I told you was buying property essential. Having an asset important to closing the wealth gap. But where you own is also important. Critically important. I just had this conversation with a dear friend of mine um, 
uh, my, one of my best friends, matter of fact, and, and, and she and her husband were looking to buy their forever home. And, and right now they own in Southwest D.C. Okay. Beautiful townhouse. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, uh, we, now it's time for, you know, you know, black folks, we love a big house. Yeah. So she want to get the, <laughs> she yeah. want to get the big house. She uh-huh. want to get the cookout, the mm-hmm. pool, the da 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 five bedrooms. Mm-hmm. I love it. And she bitch ain't even got no kids. What you need five bedrooms mm-hmm. for? She's but you know, we, we, you know, she want a home. She want the big house. Yeah. I get it. It's a marquee also. It's a marquee indicator of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, who are we kidding? It means Absolutely. something to have that's, a big, beautiful house. And she deserves that. It communicates something Let's for sure. definitely be yes. clear. So then, of course, and anybody in the DMV area, y'all know this conversation, what to do with PG County. Mm-hmm. And listen, mm-hmm. I love P- PG County. Somebody c- told me the other day, I look like I could be from Pretty Girl County. I'm going <laughs> to take it as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> you actually do. <laughs> do I look like a PG County girl? You actually do. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. I mm-hmm. love it. I didn't even know what PG County was um, until I was a, a, a gener- uh, first generational college graduate at UNC Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing all these affluent black people from, you know, their doc- their parents were doctors and lawyers and engineers and this and that. I'm like, where y'all all from? They were all from PG County, honey. I read a fictional Prince George's County. Yeah. Ago. I can't remember who wrote Was it Rosalind McMillan? I can't remember who wrote it, but oh, I read yeah. a. A novel about PG County years ago that kind of opened my eyes to, to this. What, com- this, yeah, to this, how it this, worked. Yeah, yeah. And for anybody unfamiliar, let me tell you what PG County is. It's Prince George's County. It's mm-hmm. in the state of Maryland. It is, uh, you know, generally known as the wealthiest black predominantly populated community in America. Okay, it's a it's just a place where black folks do well. Simply mm-hmm. put. But when my friend went to go look at homes of a certain price range, high. Mm-hmm. She realized that the assessments and the property values in PG County, for all its affluence and reputation, were significantly lower than the neighboring white county known as Montgomery County. Yep. Look it up. Well, shit, of course I want to be in PG County. Of course I want to be with my people. Of course I want to contribute to the, the legacy and the history of black affluence in this community. But I don't want to lose money. I was just going to say but when it comes to a business. From the business. So y'all listen, I sat on it enough. Y'all get the tea. Y'all get the memo. Man, um, so we need to see the maps then, Ebony. We need to see mm, where, what the communities what the districts and what, are looking what these like. districts, we need to see the mapping that they've done. And that's what I want to say for the next phase. So again, I'm all about this pilot program at Bank of America. Let me be very clear. Mm-hmm. Any and everybody that is interested thinking about being interested. I want you to go take these classes. I want you to get in line. I want you to be a part of this and participate in these, this program in particular and others like it. What I want us to also do as a culture, Dustin, and as a community is challenge these institutions. Uh, if you're so invested in us as black people and black communities, having home ownership, building wealth, closing the wealth gap, why are you limiting us to this, to this space? space? If the if the goal in mind is really advancement here, yeah. If it's really we, wealth building, yeah. Why are you c- c- basically adhering to traditional forms of redlining mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. depreciated the ability of we- black wealth building? Which is such an important conversation to have. That redlining shit. Oh, that's d- lit- Dustin, baby, let me Come tell you something. On. This season two of Holding Court, we talking about this shit. Often. I'm with it. You know, because it's just a whole situation and I really want our people to really get this. And um, and I learned a lot my damn self uh, and I'm still learning through my own process and everything that I've been been dealing with. And then another time we got to talk about 
episode one of this season, we talked about the distinction California is making mm-hmm. of black folks who are particularly uh, descendants of formerly enslaved black Americans. Yet this Bank of America program is for blacks and Hispanic communities. And you don't have to be either. And you don't. You could be a black person who is not the descendant of an enslaved black American. Now, because I'm never a hater, I love that for non-enslaved uh, descendant black folks. Mm-hmm. That just to me needs to be a different program. Like this is this is this. Mm-hmm. I'm still though, Dustin Ross, waiting on the program that is specific mm-hmm. to black folks who are the descendants of enslaved black Americans. Yeah, this is good. This it's is step great. in the right direction. Step in the right direction. In addition, so mm-hmm. this is not an or. I'm not saying don't do this. Do this. Absolutely. Clap, clap. Get on it. Yep. In addition, there should be a special program, and that is what I I know I want my reparations package to look like. There you and go. Then, and then I don't like programs that are predicated on black struggle. Yeah. Why is this only for first-time home? I, I want the reparations black homeowner program. What about people looking for a vacation home, Dustin? Yep. What about people looking for a second property, a third property, a multi-unit dwelling? Right. Every every black person that's purchasing a home right now is not purchasing a starter home Correct. or their first home Correct. or whatever. And there's no, there, no one's addressing that. No one's addressing folks who are in their process mm-hmm. of actually trying to build wealth in a... Um, what do you call it? Um, intermediate mm-hmm, or advanced mm-hmm, station. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready for that program. And still facing those same challenges still, in home ownership. It's not. It, it's it's. It's not like once and done. It it's, has it, nothing it to do with. It gets even yeah, more difficult yeah. when you go to try to buy that second and third property. But don't worry about it because your girl is on their ass. Be on their ass. That yeah. PG County book, by the way, I misspoke. It wasn't Rosalind McMillan, who's a great author by in her own right. It was, was it Connie B- Briscoe. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, published in 2002. So read that. PG County. If PG you just County. Want an interesting oh, that's the name of the book? Yeah. Oh, fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shout out. We got much, much, much love for PG County. Yes. Just y'all need to know the economics. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Another run back story. This is a couple, y'all, jurors. We told you about them a while back. This is a black married couple. They own a home in uh, California, not Los Angeles. It's Marin City, California. Mm-hmm. And they asked for their home. They put some renovations into it, uh, looking for some equity. So I'm sure they were, as they were trying to break the generational cur- mm-hmm. curses of poverty mm-hmm. and financial restraint, they're doing everything right. Yes. They're doing what society tells us, especially black people. Educated professionals to do, right? Invest in real estate, buy some property, let it accrue, let that equity build up, and then, you know, cash out your compound interest. That's the formula. So that's what these people are doing, Dustin. So imagine their surprise and disappointment when they hire an appraiser to come out and appraise the property and the market value, they are told this is in 2020 because they're refinancing their home to get that equity out and do mm-hmm. whatever with it. Open a business, mm-hmm. send their kid to college. That's their business. Po- that's what you're supposed to do. That's right. Imagine they're surprised us in Ross when the home is appraised at $995,500. So a less than a... And if you... That number, by the way, that number tells me the appraiser literally did not want to give them a million dollars for that mm-hmm. house. Because it's right, it's right under... Right, literally right underneath. A million dollar. Okay. Now, three weeks later... Because this uh, black couple, Miss Tanisha Tate Austin and her husband, Paul Austin, clearly very intelligent individuals. They said, let's try this. They had a different appraiser come and they also took out all of their family photos. Beautiful black family that they are. They took out all of their African themed art, mm-hmm. exquisite as it is. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they had their white friend. And see, this is why it's important to have a couple white friends. You got to. 
Look, good people are good people, damn it, okay? <laughs> That's it. A couple of their good people white friends pose, gave them photos of their white family, let them put that in the house, and even went to the appraisal, appraisal mm-hmm. and acted as if the home was theirs. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the number look like now. Mm-hmm. How about one million four hundred and eighty-two thousand and five hundred? Insane. Right under one point five million. Insane. So that's essentially Dustin. A half a million dollar increase. Three three weeks later. Insane. So as you can imagine, the Austin sued as well they should have. They sued the original appraiser firm, Miller and Parati Real Estate Appraisals, as well as AMC Links, which contracted uh, Miller and Parati. They said this in the statement. Having to erase our identity to get a better appraisal was a wrenching experience. Wrenching. Wrenching. Tanisha Tate Austin said in a statement, she also went on to say this, Dustin, neighborhoods of color have been historically undervalued due to deliberate racist housing policies. She better tell that shit. That's it. Such as redlining. The ongoing under-evaluation of homes in black neighborhoods perpetuates the wealth gap between black and white families. Spoken like a woman who knows what the, the data says. you damn right. Right. She was prepared for this. She was. And I love it. Um, she was absolutely correct. And the couple has since settled. This is just as of a few days ago. They've settled this lawsuit with both companies for an undisclosed amount. That's typically when you know it's a good settlement. Yeah. By the way. They don't want to even uh-huh, tell you how much. Uh-huh. Now, how much do you think? Because as I was reading this article, even before we got the docket, when I was following this in the mm-hmm. news last week. Mm-hmm. They never said, well, of course, it says it's undisclosed, but how much do you think it was? I mean, was it the half a million dollars that? No, I think it was more than that. I think it's going to have some level of punitive nature. Good. uh, As it should, right? Just because of the nature of the claim, which ultimately is a race-based discrimination Mm -hmm. claim. So they're suing under uh, civil rights legislation around Fair Housing Act of, I want to say, 1964, maybe 1968, but I think it's 64. Mm -hmm. Um, And those claims will tend to have... uh, Actual value. So you're right. The actual value is half a million because that's literally what the numbers tell us. But and then there's punitive. that punitive claim. There's the the the, the slap. Give slap them on all the of the money. Yeah. So the couple probably if I just had to ballpark it, I'm thinking. One point two to one point seven, something like that, something like that, maybe more. I love it. Um. Yeah. So I love that. And also. Again, when you do that type of fuckery and you get found liable under those civil rights claims, appraisers are also going to be required, Dustin, to attend training uh, that includes the history of segregation and real estate discrimination. And they got to watch a documentary called Our America Lowballed, which features this couple in the documentary, which is fantastic. Good. I thought you were just going to say they were going to shut the whole shit down. The appraisal firm. Yeah, the whole appraisal firm. But this works too. No, I think this is is better. Because you can shut that one appraisal firm down and the systemic nature of this continues. It's like a roach. You can kill one, but the the rest are still coming. What I hope this outcome does, I can only hope and pray, is that it serves as a cautionary model to other appraisal firms. And remember, we've talked about this on Holding Court before. Appraisal uh, as a... Entity as an industry is overwhelmingly white. Mm-hmm. Literally only 3%, 97% of professional appraisals, appraisers in America are white. Yeah. Only 3% of appraisers in the country are black, Dustin. We need some more, y'all. We need it. And I know at least in New York, if y'all jurors, if you in New York, state, anywhere, and you looking for something else to do, 
New York will pay to train you to be an appraiser. How about that? You can't beat it. You can't beat it. They're going to pay instead of you paying for the training that like you normally do with a course Absolutely. of study. They'll pay you. They're going to gonna pay you and then support you in, in going into that endeavor. So that's a place that is very underrepresented for blackness. And that is market appraisals. And it's something that affects our wealth as a culture and community more than I can articulate. Uh, so I'm very happy with this outcome in terms of the punitive um, aspect, in terms of the make me whole aspect for, sure. for the Austins, and in terms of the, and sit your, now that you done wrote those checks, sit your ass here and watch the content. Yeah. So and that you can see the error of your ways. This sends out a great message to, to all the other appraisal firms in the country and That's elsewhere. It. You're going to be held accountable for this shit now because we're smart. Yeah. We we'll, we will do things like they did and say, well, you know what? Let me stage this whole damn house like yeah. we white and let's just see what and happens. let's just see. People are doing that now. They're finding out <sighs> yeah. what the alternative is. So. And, and, and we could do more than one thing at one time. We can do the, the approach that the Austins took, which is the, the, the bait and switch, if you will, which I love. Brilliant. And you can do what I am articulating in my new book, Bet on Black, hmm. the good the news. good news about, about being, being black, black in America, America today. today. I hope y'all, I wish y'all could see Dustin's face. He never says the good news without the biggest mm. grin on his That's face. That's my favorite part, the, yeah, good, the good news. news. Okay. Um, and that, in that, I'm arguing against reframing mm -hmm. the very thinking, Dustin Ross, that has blackness being devalued in the first place. In the first damn place. I am I am challenging, aggressively challenging the notions that blackness in and of itself should hold less currency. And that's what we're talking about. Ultimately, yes. Literally. In, literally. Blackness should hold not one single cent less currency on our homeland. And this is our homeland. And so what I'm doing in Bed on Black is I am pushing a framing that says the good news about being black in America today is we get to center, amplify, and really challenge whiteness and challenge notions of anti-blackness, which that's what this is, Yeah. around, I'm going to make you say the words. I'm going to make you say to my fucking face that you are going to appraise my condo for instance yeah because you you done, you done been to casa ekw wait till you come so back gorgeous. yeah but it's very black yeah it's very black that wall well we're not we, even gonna yeah, go we, yeah y'all gonna see y'all gonna see mm -hmm. soon enough jurors mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know there, there, there's something coming soon where you will literally get to see a sneak peek of how uh and why i live mm -hmm. how and why i live which is the centering uplifting amplifying and celebration of blackness yes, and my home is a living monument mm -hmm. to what centering blackness looks like. Yeah. And I, I'm doing, and, and, and not for nothing, mama Gloria, like, cause, cause she's a mama and she wants what's best for me. She got nervous when I, when I went in the deep end of blackness like that in my home, <laughs> in my real estate investment. Ooh, girl. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much you're going to be able to rent that motherfucker out for with that black ass wallpaper you got up there. She said it. And, and she said it from a, from a place of love. Of and love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we went back and forth and I said, I, Mother, I hear you. And what mm -hmm. you're saying, unfortunately. It's true. It's true. However, this is intentional. However, this is this because and I'm doing it, y'all, because I feel I have a bit of privilege mm -hmm. uh, because of the visibility of who I am in this world, because of the, the, the ability that y'all have afforded me to have a microphone 
which is nothing more than a megaphone to spread the good news That's about right. being black in America today. Fuck, I'm gonna fuck the shit up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna run the table on this blackness everywhere you live. Ain't a wall in my house and black, 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 black. <laughs> you know, and and now tell me it's not worth every 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 bit of what I know. I know it's worth mm-hmm. because I've done my, I've done, I've run the comps. Some of y'all H E T watchers, H uh, E T V watchers know mm-hmm. what that means. Running the comps. You better run the comps. <laughs> better run them motherfucking comps. Yes. You know. So well, now let's go. Listen, I love to see that this, you know, worked out for this family. I love yes. the fact that they're holding these appraisal firms feet to the fire in this way. Mm-hmm. And I love a good old fashioned embarrassment. That's it. You know what I mean? I love that. Make them eat it. Put their pictures up. Yep. Let us know what firm it was. That's what I was going like, to say. Let me run it back. Let me let y'all know one more again. Miller and Perotti mm-hmm. <laughs> real estate appraisals as well as AMC links. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we, we, we should know that the defendants responded. Uh, excuse me. Did not respond to request for comment uh, per their attorneys. But that's but that's who they are. Yeah. And good. Now we know. And Go to we, somebody. Mm-mm, get somebody else to do it. If okay. you don't know, now, now you, you know. know. It's some real fuckery, but it, it's important for us to talk about this because this going back to this conversation of black wealth, because that's mm-hmm. what we just got through talking about. This young lady is really fucking up uh, on the issue of black wealth. This is Tayana Wallace. She is the daughter of the uh, iconic Biggie Smalls. Yes. Dustin, this young woman has put her Queens, New York home up for bond, you know, as the currency for a boyfriend, not even a husband child. We're going to get to that in a minute. But a boyfriend of hers who is being held for criminal prosecution his bond is a million dollars. We'll get to that and why it's so high in a minute. The home was purchased in 2019. So she just bought this house uh, for $1.2 million. And this young lady, Biggie's daughter, has put this $1.2 million home up for collateral, which you know you have to do for bond, um, so that her boyfriend can uh, await trial on the outside. This young lady... Lost her dad. Yes. Her dad, who is an iconic, iconic. fixture, pop culture statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just black no. rap music. No. Biggie is a, Period. a, a global icon global. in music and with his impact. Mm-hmm. She lost her father at an early age. Sure. The goal for anyone in that circumstance is to provide security for them long term. Didn't he say put in five carrots in baby girl ear? Lunches, brunches. Okay, part, so so okay. so so we know that was important to that him. was important to him. Yeah, leaving something behind. We also know that little Kim had put certain things in place where the daughter, where Tiana, this young lady, was getting, mm-hmm. um, you know, money That's from great. from certain things. You know, there were yeah. things put in place to ensure to ensure financial legacy and security and um economic freedom for you to then put this up for a nigga. <laughs> Okay. Now I understand they do have <laughs> they do have a, a child together, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, that's yeah. a fleeting connection at Listen, best. Okay. That part. Um, this girl needs some serious mm-hmm. advising. Mm-hmm. Okay. She needs someone to kind of mentor her and and have conversations with her that I'm sure people in her village have had. I'm sure that that somebody was like, "Wait a minute, girl. Like, <sighs> yes. Are you sure you want to do this?" But she didn't listen. Yeah. She's put herself in a really. Uh, bad position a really really expensive mm-hmm. dis- uh, position and, and you know i'm not gonna take for granted that people really know what this means i'm gonna break it down to the minutia this means if this boyfriend decides that he's not gonna show up for court even the one time mm-hmm. 
This bond company could seize complete ownership of this $1.2 million house, period. That's what that means. You know, we can't assume everybody know how the game is played, Dustin, okay? So bond means um, that you can be released from custody as you await your trial date, your day in court, so to speak, um, as a free individual. But in exchange for securing that you will show up for your day in court, they're going to hold something as collateral. Okay. Now, sometimes that can be cash. You know, I've, you know, if you if you got the bag bag, you can just give them the cash. Most people don't have the cash on mm-hmm. hand, so they do what this young lady is doing. They put the house up for sale. Oh my God! I just remember I watched rewatched during quarantine. Uh, Women of Brewster Place. Oh, you know that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. Basil, sorry ass. That's what happened with Basil. Oh, so I got if, mad if, all listen, over again. If any of this is going over your head and y'all want further evidence of this example, mm-hmm. go watch the Women of Brewster Place. Immediate. It's actually available for free on Amazon Prime. And to Prime. some of our audience members, you should have been watching it. Anyway, um, that's what the Oprah Winfrey character did. Yep. Her son got in some shit. And he was in, mama, mama, I don't want to go to jail. Mm-hmm. That's how he sound, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> she put, she signed her paid for house over for Basil, her son's release. Basil skipped town and that's how she ended up in Brewster Place. Yeah. And we had, watched, we had watched her path yes, to home building ownership. ownership, earning that house, raising him in that house. And she lost her fucking house, putting the house up for collateral for her sorry ass son. So Tiana Wallace just let her own personal basil put her back in Brewster Place. And it's not even her son, to your point. Right. This ain't even her husband. This is a boyfriend, y'all. So let's talk about what he done did to even get in this situation. What is his name? Um, Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, last name is Baldwin. He, so, so first of all, I'm going to get to this legal point of why it took him six days to surrender to the police in a minute. Because that's that's a tell. That's a right tell. There. Already, that's a tell. That's telling me you got a propensity to evade the law. Okay? So the last thing I'm going to do is put up shit for your guarantee that you're going to show up to court because you already hesitating. Okay, so anyway, this uh, guy, this boyfriend of hers was pulled over for a routine traffic stop. Everything was hunky-dory until they ran his papers. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, they run the papers when mm-hmm, you get pulled mm-hmm, over mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they saw that his license was suspended on that command. They ordered him to step out of his car. He did not do so. Dustin, like a fool, he bolted. He hit the pedal to the metal, hit a mother, pushing her two year old daughter in a stroller and also hit a food delivery. Man, he probably hit somebody bringing me some sushi on my Uber Eats. Right. And then <laughs> the criminal complaint says uh, that all three of the individuals, both the including the two year old baby, the mother. And the Uber Eats or the Postmates man all got serious injuries. Okay. So he's been arraigned on some, these are some serious charges. All kidding aside, Dustin, 17 counts, one, seven counts, first degree assault, reckless endangerment, uh, endangering the welfare uh, of a child and many, many others. 17 charges is not to be played with. Okay. So that's why his bond going back to that is a million dollars. Okay. When you have a million dollar bond, it's not even a murder involved. That's already a flag, sis. Look at look at Dustin. <laughs> like I know that's saying a lot for it's Dustin not so to know where to stupid. start. Yeah. It's just so stupid. You yeah. are you are up against consequences for having a suspended license, right? And your choice in that moment was to then bring on seventeen more, far more serious charges. What the fuck did you think? Did you think you were going to get away and never? What did you think was going to happen? And that the, his poor decision making. Mm-hmm. Which tells me he likely was not that it's an excuse. He had to be inebriated. Had to be. 
to be honest with you. Seriously, like some people are just dumb as hell. Dumb decision. And and yeah. I, and the reason I say that because I thought about that too. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if he was inebriated, he probably wouldn't even have stopped in the first damn place, oh, knowing he had point. a suspended license sure. and was inebriated. Right. That's true. I'm like, so for him to stop, it just to me right. screams immaturity. Yep. It screams poor decision making, and it screams I am not the person who is responsible enough for you to risk putting your home. Well, up. that part I was going to say. So this, this individual who was pulled over for a routine traffic stop, um, which was nothing but a loud exhaust and a dark tinted window. And by the way, let me just make a comment on that. And I don't mean this to sound elitist or no shit like that. You know, I am an old bitch. I know where this is but, going. But, but, and I say this is your friendly family defense lawyer. Don't be doing shit to your car to draw extra attention by law enforcement. And I mean, you can, it's your legal right to, you want to have the rah, 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 all that shit and the pitch black ass tent looking like the black on this. <laughs> but when you do that, do know that you are drawing attention that's going to give further suspicion to what else you're doing. Which is, which, which is what, what this is. This is perfect example of that. Which should mean that you're, if you are a person who wants those things, you know what you're you putting, to, in, you know, a position you're putting yourself in. And you need to walk the finest line possible. Have your shit straight. Have your shit I together. Think that's a really great point. I'm not saying don't tent. I'm not saying don't have the little vroom vroom. But Understand. if you're going to do that, again, cause the system is rigged. Cause to be clear, unless you have like a, you know, there is a legal tent and then mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm, just dark tent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this brother had a legal tent. If you have a legal tent, then that's a legal reason to pull you. But if you just got a dark tent that's bordering on legal, what are you doing? You're giving you're giving an invitation to pull me to assess mm-hmm. the legality of my tent. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do that, listen to Uncle Dustin here and keep it player mm-hmm. and have all your shit in order. So that the most that's going to happen to you is, hello, officer. Yep. Hello, officer. Here's my license and registration. Oh, you want me to reduce? Um, Because what they do in those cases is they give you an opportunity to reduce the tent yeah. to a legal standard. Show up. Case dismiss. Keep it cute. Keep it player. But here comes this dumbass, you know, and now you sit here with 17 charges, a million dollar bond. This dumbass young lady has put up a $1.2 million house that she just purchased in the era, Dustin. Let's back this up and zoom out, as you would mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. In an era where black wealth is not, we got $10 to every $100 the white man has in America. We are literally at a 10% uh a crew of white wealth in America. There Talk is a ninety percent wealth gap, ninety percent wealth gap in America for Black Americans and white Americans. And your ass, Tayana Wallace, decides that your response to that wealth gap is to take an over million dollar property, which is one of the most critical assets we can have as Black people. You know, I've been on one with you know mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. finally get mm-hmm. my first mm-hmm. asset, Dustin, and we'll get to an episode of Holding Court. Mm-hmm. Gonna be all about that fucking mm-hmm. underwriting process because it was a real piece of shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I know they it. don't want Black folks to have property in America. I'm gonna say it plain, they don't. So when you actually are positioned to have it, to be able to buy it, to own it, the last thing you need to do is put yourself in jeopardy of losing it. It's hard to get property in America, Dustin. It's very hard. Especially in New York. I just, this just, this situation again, it just, she just needs somebody in her corner to advise her property. Yeah, girl. I, I, I and, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you what, what can be done here. <laughs> She's not mm-hmm. going to do it, but this is what, I'll be like, you know what, baby? I wasn't even thinking right. 
I'm gonna need you to go ahead and turn yourself in right now, <laughs> honestly, because and figure that shit out. Because, because you gotta have somewhere to come home to after your ass gets out of jail part, for the dumb shit you did. That part, and I'm raising our child, and you know, you have really put yourself in a, in a really fucked up position. And that's the thing about bond, and that's the thing. You know, I'm not saying don't don't help your family and friends out. No, no. But what I am saying is don't ever put something up for bond that you can't afford to lose. That's take that to the bank. And I really hope. It looks to me like that's what she did. Hopefully, we're wrong, and this. Well, hopefully, he shows up in court, and this is all for nothing. But again, hopefully, but again, you're pulled over. You run from law enforcement. You take six days to turn yourself in. You've already shown a propensity. So, if I was the judge, I wouldn't have even given him bond. To be honest, you know, probably not. I, I mean, maybe, but maybe not. I might say you need to sit tight. Because you already acting like you don't really want to show up, no way. So you probably need to sit tight until, and let's have you a real speedy court day, so you're not in here too long, and get on up off my docket. That's probably how I would have handled it. I mean, hey, it, it, I'm trying really hard. I don't want to like I know. You know go go all the way in. Yeah, know. you know, because you don't know the we don't With know the full scope. That's true, but, but I just hate to see anybody. Um, put themselves in a jeopardy of losing their home. Shit, I felt the way watching MJ when Michael put Neverland up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being really honest. True. You know, I was like, I believe in Michael in this dangerous tour, but Negro, for real? And he was like, no, I want to do it this We was like, wait I was a like, minute. wait a minute. <laughs> but here we are. I just hope, I, 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 I hate to see a young black woman I do too. without her dad and her, you know, around. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I and hate to see our Biggie and, and, and all that, that, that financial legacy has provided for her, you know, not a lot of women in her, um, you know, position, her age, her, you, her demo, her, her demo, exactly. Her yeah. demographic have a million dollars to even nope. put up for bond, have nope. a million dollar asset. Nope. That's beautiful, sis. We love that for you, and mm-hmm. I want you to keep it. That's that's all. That's, that's, that's why all we're, this, we're having this conversation that's all that because this is we coming want from. that yeah. security for her. Yes. We want to see Biggie's daughter yes. be okay. Yeah, and when should. you have that house, it's not just the roof over your head we're no. talking about. It's the equity you get from that. It's the student loans that you can take out for that. It's the construction loans to, yeah. to invest in other properties to come yeah. from that. Y'all, home ownership is like... Like, I cannot stress to you, if you can get in it, hold on to it, it can really open a door for financial freedom and liberation. So to see this young sis jeopardizing that for something so silly is just why we we going in. Like our daddy said, you did wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and you know what? I'm just going to stop it right there. You did wrong. I'm a, I'm a, I, and the show is done. Y'all, the show is fucking over because Dustin just did that. Um, dead ass. In the meantime, y'all listen, stay safe. Keep your assets. Mm-hmm. Keep your faith up. Please. And what you want the people to do, Dustin. Read your terms and conditions. Jurors, thank you so much. Hopefully, you've got some tools now, some information in your toolkit so you can make some great choices around ownership. And guess what? Ownership is tethered to what? Liberation. So as always, y'all, keep it playa, stay safe, keep the faith, and in the words of the Dustin Ross, Read your terms and conditions. Holden Court is an Interval Presents original production from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media. Executive producer and host, Ebony K. Williams. Co-host and producer, Dustin Ross. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Produced, of course, by Ashley J. Hobbs. Editing, sound design, and mix by Stephanie Morell. Original music by Epidemic Sound. Video editing by Kason Alexander and Courtney Deans. 
consultant, Carla Wilmaris. Special thanks to operations lead, Sarah Yu, business development lead, Sheffy Ellen Swag, and marketing lead, Samira Still. 